Welcome back to Pixel Intel, the show that knows what you want to hear about in the world of gaming. I'm your host, Charlie, and let's get to it. What am I playing? Honestly, I haven't been kind of playing on and off with video games this summer. I got distracted last time, but when I was playing more consistently, it was a mix of Nobody Saves the World. Picked up the Bruce Sonic game, it was on sale, kinda. And this turn-based zombie action RPG called Dead Age. I reviewed it a while back on bonus stage when I was still writing for them. A long story I'll talk about later. And I just kind of go back and forth to it on and off. It's kind of fun. I don't have to really think too much about it. But it's kind of one of those kind of so compellingly bad. It's actually kind of enjoyable if that makes any sense. Kind of like a good B-grade movie. Anyways, other than that, um, I played Scarlet Nexus. This Japanese action RPG game where you fight demons from a different dimension or monsters in a futuristic Japan in a specialized military task force. Pretty cool. I recommend it. And Weird West. Both excellent games that are available currently on Xbox Game Pass and other platforms. I'm going to mention Game Pass a lot. It's because that's my direct access of games for now. They don't sponsor me or anything, but I do like it. And, you know, if you get a chance to try it out, I highly recommend it. You can try it for cheap i think like i pay 15 dollars a month and they always have promotions where you can get like a month for like a dollar or something just kind of keep an eye out for that like like i said i'm not plugging game pass but it's the main thing that i use to try all these cool indie games because yes i like my triple a games like halo call of duty gears of war whatever but you know i just kind of want to switch it up you know game pass is a good way to do that so what I want to play more of is State of Decay 2. They added a bunch of updates. Dying Light 2. I don't know if you haven't noticed, but there's a pattern in zombie games I really like. Death's Door, Dodgeball Academia, and working through my backlog of Switch titles. Boom. <laughs> I'm a huge Xbox fan, but yes, I have Switch titles. I got my Switch like maybe a couple summers ago. My brother gave it to me. Awesome. And I've been slowly collecting and collectively building my library. Got a bunch of indie titles or titles that kind of caught my game. Honestly, they're just good pick-up-and-go games. Like, the last one I beat was Into the Breach. Basically, Pacific Rim in tactical turn-based combat form. Why not, right? It, it even mimics the final mission and eludes the first movie of it, but I don't care because it was fun and I collected all the power-ups and I had a blast and I played for hours and... I'll go back and play it again because that's how cool it is and I highly recommend it and I talked about it in a past review but we'll talk about it later. Anyways, so getting back to where we are, uh, Switch titles, boom, games, yes, building my library, I can't talk <laughs> that well but um, most of them came from that company that I mentioned in a previous episode called Limited Run Games. They focus on retro and indie games. And they make them into physical cartridges. They also have like pretty decent collector's editions. And I got into them quite a bit. Uh, among my collection is No More Heroes 1 and 2. Mighty Gunvolt Burst Collection. Hunt Down. Mega Man The Wily Wars. Like it's a special edition thing. I have to get a hold of like a Sega Genesis. Like little mini <laughs> thing so I can play that. But it's like a rare version of Mega Man that never came out or was released to the States. And I picked it up because it's like, heck, I'm going to play it because I'm a big Mega Man fan. Anyways, 
So I have all of that and well, what can I talk about that's my crown jewel? Probably my Scott Pilgrim versus the World edition. Um, the KO edition that is. This thing is a beast. It's a giant box. Flips open. Has like lights and sounds. It has like the little characters on the stage. It plays a bunch of music. It's pretty cool. Comes with drumsticks, stickers, a map, the game, uh, a collectible like shell case for the game, and there's some other cool stuff of it. This thing I literally pre-ordered the second it was announced because of my disdain of it being taken off the marketplace just randomly. Luckily, I did get it from my Xbox 360, so that was nice. But I pre-ordered it day one. It took like a year and a month to get it. I got it in March. Finally, I pre-ordered it in February of like maybe a year or two ago. COVID didn't help, but I was so happy when I finally got it. Now I just need to sit down and play the Dorney game. It's a good game. I recommend it if you like side-scroller brawlers and store players and all the DLC is on there. So give it a shot if you haven't yet. It's available for all other platforms. Um, you can just get like the standard edition or digital uh, version as well if you want to. Okay, anyways, moving on. Uh, my mo most wanted list. There you go. As much as I don't need any more games, and my backlog's like staring at me and judging me, I do have some games on my list that I am keeping an eye out for. For starters, Konami and Detomu both announced two different types of Ninja Turtles games. Yes, I'm a big sucker for nostalgia, so I'm going to mention Ninja Turtles a lot on this episode. Get used to it. <laughs> so, it kind of scratches that itch for my nostalgia. Um, Konami is producing the Cowabunga Collection. It has Ninja Turtles games all the way from the first NES version all the way to Game Boy and Sega Genesis. Even the Tournament Fighter games. Pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to it. I pre-ordered it. The Collector's Edition. Can't wait for it to come out. They haven't announced a release date yet. I'm guessing it'll be early next year or like near the end of this year. Who knows. Um, the other one is Shredder's Revenge. And it's produced by... Uh, what do you call it? Tribute Games and the Tamu is publishing this game and they're famous for the Streets of Rage 4 sequel on Switch and other platforms this generation. They got the green light to make this spiritual sequel to Turtles in Time. It's called Shredder's Revenge as I mentioned earlier. It's pretty cool. It's a huge game that everyone is waiting for. As of this recording today they announced the multiple editions from Limited Run Games and also the Radical Edition. Oh, this thing's a a monster it's got like a bunch of different goodies that got has like a shadow box stickers i think like a soundtrack and some other stuff i'll drop a link later if you're interested in it i'm probably going to get it like i'm strongly considering getting it just because i'm kind of a sucker for it i have no idea where i'm gonna put it between me and you the audience but it looks cool if i can't get that i'll settle for the second step down and I'll be happy with what I got. And this is also the first time that Limited Run has come out and announced their partnership with Xbox. Like, they announced it last summer that, uh, hey, we're doing a partnership with Xbox and we're going to start producing more games. This is one of those games. Uh, Shredder's Revenge is one of the first games that they're partnering with Xbox for. So It'll be on Xbox platforms, Switch, PS4, and 5, and digital, of course. And also as PC. They have a PC version that you can buy physically, of course, if you prefer that. So, 
It's pretty cool. It's a standard brawler setup, four-player co-op. You got new characters like April and Master Splinter. Fingers crossed for Casey Jones eventually. And this is definitely a game to keep out eye out for. Like I talked about, so I'll talk about it more later in this episode. But this game will be highlighted in a summer games festival that starts this week. The biggest thing on everyone's mind is a release date. I have no idea when it's gonna come out. I'm linked to a couple of different Facebook groups and the community has linked several articles I've kind of skimmed over and it's strongly looking like it'll be the end of this summer which could be any time between the release of this podcast episode to the end of August I have no idea so fingers crossed boom Ninja Turtles game cool alright other than the Ninja Turtles games I'm looking forward to things like Redfall Starfield and other Switch games I'm pretty content with what I have right now I have a huge backlog I have to go through so I'm not in a hurry to do anything so it's cool alright so let's see what are we gonna do yeah I just need to make time to play these games no big deal alright let's move on to the next thing we'll take a quick break and we'll get to something good to talk about Let's get to it with a new segment called the game pitch because why not okay so we'll chat about a new segment that i want to test out i want to thank my friend andrew for inspiration about this thanks man you rock anyways so we've had our marvel games like spider-man all of them x-men legends marvel ultimate alliance wolverine's revenge pretty good x-men origins wolverine which is surprisingly a really good game but not so much of a good movie and so on and so forth. DC has the Batman games, some spin-offs, DC Universe Online, Injustice, and others. You know, kind of the whole shtick. But, here's my pitch. A Marvel Universe game that leads into an ensemble title game like what the MCU did for the movies. No way. I know, I know. We, you know, not an original idea, but check it out. So, Tony Stark, you start off on the same path as him in the MCU, but you get to choose your own path and how you develop them. You can choose to sell more weapons to arms dealers and companies and use those to upgrade your equipment. This can happen, but you'll lose reputation with S.H.I.E.L.D., your allies, and some other personnel. Enemies might be a little bit more intimidated of you, but it'll also like block you from making friends with certain people and like getting certain upgrades. You know, just let you kind of keep the gameplay fresh so you can like come back and play it if you need to. The flip side is researching non-lethal things, capturing more supers, building a relationship with shield and expanding your array of allies this will cause enemies to attack you more often at your home base as well as trying to steal all your technology so like justin hammer whiplash and all those guys will probably pop in and attack you and like if you don't defend successfully they might like take some money from you i don't know resources that tony stark would have <laughs> greebles we'll call him greebles okay he has a mountain load of greebles that's like an obtainium i don't know where i'm going with this terminology but they're just trying to get you and they're going to use it to build up their own resources not recesses and attack you later okay and after that just have a developer like bethesda or bioware get a hold of this and boom you got gold hopefully that's the first iron man game second iron man game uh or second game of the avengers trilogy or series is choose to be hulk cap or thor all doing separate missions third one and the second game, Nick Fury sends you on a final mission, brings you all together, just as an impending invasion happens, kind of like the Marvel movie 
Avengers that happened. Pretty cool. Uh, you know, the boss can't be too big. We don't want fans for game three or four. Like, same a little bit later at five or six. Like, he can be the bigger villain later. Kind of like what, again, the MCU has masterfully done. They did a good job. So, instead of that, why don't you just do, like, Masters of Evil, Sinister Six, and Dark Avengers, or, hey, even Ultron, like, and make it last longer than a day. Come on, like a week. A week! Come on! <laughs> Let Ultron play around a little bit. Okay, anyways, that's my pitch. It's not much, but I think it'd be awesome to make a game like this. Yeah, I'm aware of that there is an Avengers game produced by Square Enix. It's not much. It's not quite what we wanted, like... Maybe one day I'll review it and check it out myself, but from the opinions of other friends and other places that I've read online, it's riddled with microtransactions and it has a laundry list of problems. So for now, check out Marvel Ultimate Alliance. That series, if you can get a hold of it somehow, Ultimate Alliance 3 was a Switch exclusive, but it was pretty good. It's a pretty decent game, I have to go back and play it, they added a bunch of DLC. Um, I still play it off and on. X-Men Legends was a, also an excellent game, I also recommend that if you can get a hold of that and play it as a good retro throwback game it's four player co-op like why not right so it's pretty good um those two i would recommend for now if you're looking for your marvel kick and of course spider-man on playstation 4 and 5 is superior so check that out if you give it a chance if you can there you go and i'll end this segment with um like i said that was my pitch if you have any other ideas or comments leave them in the, in the comments area when when it's available or you can send me an email and give me some feedback about it and if you like this segment i can also throw my ideas for what a decent supernatural game would be or should be if they ever created one it based off the tv show not like supernatural in general to clarify okay so i think we should tackle something kind of dear and near to my heart next it's hard to talk about this because it's something I grew up with. Fans like me have been kind of divided over this show, but, you know, it just shows that we're passionate. That's, you know, if that's our flaw, then I don't want to be right. There you go. So it's kind of compared to, like, us Star Wars and Star Trek fans. Like, some people are kind of hit or miss about some of the new stuff. It's okay. I won't even try to talk about it. And, like I said, I wouldn't talk about this if I didn't care about it so much. So after the break that we're going through in just a second i'll give my thoughts about the halo tv show on paramount plus so see you in a second and we are back grab the nearest controller and refrain from throwing it because that's expensive and it could probably hurt you we're not playing dark souls yet anyways before we left for a second we were teasing I was going to talk about the Halo show. Well, you guessed right, and here he goes. So saddle up, and it's going to be interesting. Here we go. Okay, so I could dedicate a whole episode to criticizing the show, but we'll leave that for another time. If this subject gets enough attention, um, let me know. I'd like to hear your feedback, and I'll work up a follow-up episode to talk about my thoughts completely and uncensored about the Halo TV show produced by Paramount Plus. Okay, so before we start, I'm going to strongly enforce that it is not connected to the main canon in the game universe. That's like all the comics, anthology, stories, books, and comics, and all that stuff not connected. This is a parallel universe. They take some of the elements from 
the source material, but they kind of crafted their own story, which can kind of be good or bad. So let's move on. Okay, so the good. I like seeing all the characters that we are familiar with, like Halsey, Chief, Keys, Cortana, Miranda brought to life. The brutes, they are relentless in killing a lot of Marines, and it's pretty brutal. It's bloody, and um, they do not hold back. Same with the elites. It is completely terrifying going up against them in combat, and the show does a good job of that. They are supposed to be not trying to play tag with humans. They are out to destroy you and annihilate everything in the universe that isn't them. That's their whole MO. Okay, so some of the characters aren't exact translations of the characters from the games, but that's okay. I mean, the actors they picked are fine. Like, Halsey's good. Chief is okay. Cortana is basically Jen Taylor reprising a role and getting planted in the show as Cortana, but they have like a different interpretation, which is okay. But like I said, I'll let you watch the series if you really want to get into that. Okay, so let's talk about the flip side of the coin. I'm not going to go too much into it, but I'm going to kind of gloss over what I thought was not so great about the show. So I, I'm just going to go throw right punch right out the gate and say I don't think they handled the development of Master Chief very well at all. No. They just... It was really poor. <laughs> His arc is supposed to focus on humanizing himself through each mission, his actions, and service to his fellow soldiers. They didn't do that. They just... They used a plot MacGuffin and a thing happens where he touches an artifact and freaks out so Commander Shepard, sorry, I mean Master Chief, <laughs> wrong universe. He starts feeling things and starts seeing memories, and that's okay. I mean, this is their own take on it, but he normally doesn't talk a lot. Like, I don't want the Chief to not talk at all, but just we want to see him do more things through his own actions. That's what I'm going to harp on most, but we didn't do that. We get three or four episodes of filler, and eventually he suits up again yeah don't even get me started about that <laughs> and then he just kind of goes on and things happen and they get to the climax of the whole entire first arc of the story and there you go credits end of season so that's about the kind of the gist of all the bad stuff so i would compare it to getting a half-eaten leftover and rotten cheeseburger not on by a dumpster raccoon finding his delicacy for the evening. Why focus on Chief's character if you're straying so far off from the material? I know, I know. It's not canon. That's the one thing I need to remember. They're doing their own version of it. That's fine. I get it. I personally didn't enjoy his take on the Chief. There were so many reasons why, but all I'll say is that I think they could have just gone with something different completely. And Charlie, what do you mean different? Well, here you go. Here's some examples. Here's what I would do. Um, I would go with, I don't know, any character besides Master Chief because he already has high expectations anyways that have already been <laughs> developed through all the games and lore. So here's who I would suggest. Uh, Sergeant Forge from Halo Wars. Sergeant Johnson, duh. The rookie from ODST. Or a brand new character that starts off as a recruit in the Academy, becomes a Marine, works his way up to an ODST or... Uh, 
Oni operative and then studies the Master Chief and aspires to fight alongside him someday. Or they grow up to be a rebel and become almost a rival to the Chief, foiling every plan the UNSC has with them. There's a character kind of like that in the show. It's a, the daughter of a rebel general. It's built into the mythology of the Halo universe. It's not really a spoiler. Like, there was a rebellion going on before the events of Fall of Reach. If you're curious about any of this stuff, I can dedicate a whole episode about Halo War lore and the Halo War. But we'll just kind of gloss over that for now. But overall, I wish them the absolute best, but I will not be continuing on in Season 2. You want good video game adaptations? Uh, the Sonic live-action movies are decent. Mortal Kombat, the new Arrow one, was okay. The other animated series on Netflix, there's a bunch of them. Castlevania is an excellent animated Netflix series adapted from, surprise, the video game series. And Detective Pikachu, all solid choices. I would recommend any of them. I could dedicate a whole episode on good video game movies but, or TV shows, but... That's just a little bit for now. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Okay. Alright, so now that we're done with Halo, let's talk shop about current video game events this week. So, let's see. Sony and Nintendo already had some events this early May and early June. If you're interested in those, I'll drop a link to watch their streams in the past in the description of this podcast. So, besides that, E3 has scaled down in recent years or even has ceased to exist for a while. We'll start back up later, probably next year, beyond the COVID era, but for now, we aren't slowing down anytime soon. LRG3 already passed this week. It was on Monday, June, was it like June 6th? Yes, June 6th, they already had their little direct event. They talked about all their physical releases that they're releasing in the next couple of years, and LRG3 stands for Limited Run Games, like their little um, streaming event. That's what I meant to fresh everyone up. So we have that. It's already passed. We have the Summer Games Fest on Thursday, which is actually tomorrow as of this recording. There's going to be highlighting some more indie developers and even some AAA developers as well, like Xbox and some other publishers. I'll drop a link to all that information um, in the description below if you want to check it out. And then we have some smaller developer direct events, and we cap off the weekend with the Xbox Bethesda Conference. So... The Ninja Turtles game I talked about earlier, that's Shredder's Revenge, will be highlighted as well on the Summer Game Fest, in addition to it being uh, kind of talked about on LRG3. So, when they announced different versions today, actually, about the standard collectors and then like the Radical Edition that I kind of freaked out about <laughs> earlier when I realized that they were talking about it, um, they talked about price points and that it's eventually coming out but again everyone's waiting on that release date that's all we want all we know is that it's gonna be the end of the summer sometime so fingers crossed before the end of august we'll see okay so back to the gaming events summer games fest is hosted by jeff Keeley. he's the main guy for hosting the game awards events every fall season mentioned that there will be some surprise announcements but to manage your expectations uh, there's a lot of previously announced games that they're going to focus on instead there will be some surprises but just like don't get your hopes up on like mind-blowing announcements that are like out of left field it's just 
you know, keep them standard. Anyways, I'm a fan of the indie game scene, but I'm also psyched for the Xbox Bethesda showcase and see what they can bring to the table, you know. As of this recording, they have already announced they will have an extended showcase going over to Monday. So this will highlight more Xbox-based games as well as some other footage of games shown previously either from this conference this weekend or somewhere else. So what, what would I like to happen? Uh, one, Microsoft's about to buy out Activision Blizzard, so some games added to Game Pass Day 1 would be fantastic talking Lost Vikings, any Call of Duty games. Prototype would be kind of cool, kind of obscure title, but I really enjoyed them. Unless they don't have the IP anymore, I don't know how that really works. I'll have to dig into it and figure out who owns it. And anything else they have access to in their big catalog. Like, believe it or not, Activision was actually a company that made games more than Call of Duty. I know, I'm surprised, right? Like, that's how old I am. So... You know, it'd be kind of cool if they brought back some of their catalog and put on Game Pass, like, on day one or, like, maybe next year or something. Okay, so what else would it be cool to see? The White Elephant. Probably Guitar Hero. It died with Guitar Hero Live. And, yeah, that hype and that phase kind of... And because, really, it's just saturation in the market. There were too many of them. They were just pumping them out every year. Like, <laughs> like Call of Duty and... People were just getting tired of but ironically and surprisingly one of the two prices for those games have not gone down and it's been like five plus years like everywhere I look on eBay it's still like if you want a controller and the game and a drum set and a mic for even a rock band it's like no less than 200 300 dollars but anyways we'll focus on like hunting down other game stuff later but for now okay so it'd be cool if they put it on game pass guitar hero any of them and get fresh servers build up the fan base again and then boom new game sequel like just guitar hero whatever fresh reboot okay that'd be awesome make it happen phil phil spencer the head honcho of xbox right now other than that i'd like to see some new ips announced any in-game footage of new games Games coming out next year and beyond. Games playable on day one for Game Pass. And anything State of Decay related. State of Decay 3 is hopefully crawling out soon. Bonus points for that pesky GoldenEye Remastered game that keeps popping up in my news feeds. And seeing if it's actually true or not. <laughs> okay. Let's get a quick little review and then we'll wrap this all up like Christmas morning awesomeness. Okay. I don't know if that made any sense, but yeah, we'll just run with it. <laughs> okay. Weird West. Talked about this game earlier in the episode. Here are my first, first thoughts and impressions. One. Okay, so Weird West is a twin-stick action RPG. It's a merge of Old West antics and supernatural elements. Basically, you're a gunslinger in Old West fighting monsters. That's basically the gist of it. The character I played was some former sheriff that retired, living on the farm in her retirement. Something happens. Drama progresses the plot forward and it's time to pick up your six shooters again to hunt down the baddies gameplay is pretty gameplay is pretty solid enough to hold your attention i like the ability to switch between over the top view and third person view combat is solid you can dodge duck behind cover and target shots precisely at a target you can throw like dynamite and like other things at enemies as well you can kind of measured distance so it's it's intuitive I'll, I'll give it that so 
You'll level up throughout each engagement, loot everything you can, and try not to get in trouble for it. You can also get busted and accused of stealing and stuff. That's what I mean in context. And explore a plentiful map of different locations. So, I was only playing one character. There's other characters you can unlock later in different chapters. You complete one story and then others unlock. <sighs> okay. Well, I'm out of breath. And that's all the ideas I have for now. That's it for Pixel Intel. Thanks again for tuning in this round. And, you know, we'll, we'll get you a fresh episode next time. So stay tuned for the next episode. And also check out our sibling podcast, Scheming Robot, that will be re-emerging this summer. Special thanks to the fans, Andrew for consulting with me on ideas, Aaron that is working with me on other art projects, and everyone out there in the industry that helps me keep inspired. I love video games, and I don't think you can rattle that out of me anytime soon. So we'll call it good. See you next time.